The prophet has some straight words for God in Habakkuk 1, beginning with verse 2. How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. And then the Apostle Paul has some straight words for Christ followers in Romans 8 beginning with verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, hello, Christ Church and all of our friends joining us today. If you're with us on Facebook, say hello to other friends in the chat. Let us know you're here. If you're on the website, we'd love to hear from you too. Send us a prayer request, a praise report, and of course, you can follow along with my outline on the website or the church app. How are you doing today? Have you had any mountaintop moments with God this week? If so, celebrate, give thanks. Have there been any valley or even in the pit moments in your life this week? They happen. We are not immune from tough times. But even then, in Christ we know God is with us. God is with us on the mountaintops. He is with us during the valley times. God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen? Amen. Today I'm continuing my message series titled, I Wonder. As we've been going through this pandemic that none of us counted on, as there have been a lot of upheaval and turmoil in our lives, in our world of late, as all of us are trying to make sense of everything and find our way forward, it is natural and okay to have big God questions. In the midst of trying times and difficulties, we often look up and we wonder if there are reasonable answers for our God questions. As the impact of this worldwide pandemic continues to unfold, we seek answers for it. As storms and tornadoes and floods devastate part of our country, parts of our country, our world, our hearts cry out about it. As many sectors of the economy are struggling and people continue to lose their jobs, our hearts ache for them. As people around the world lose their lives because of terrible actions of others, our souls cry out about this injustice. We long for answers to the age-old question, I wonder why bad things happen to good people. This is a burning question for many of us. Churches are flooded with people asking this question. Counselors are overbooked with clients asking this question. People all over the world 
pray this question. We don't live life very long before many of our illusions are shattered. In a newspaper cartoon, a small boy is sitting next to his mother and a newspaper is lying on the table. The headline reads, Murderer on the Loose. Confused, the boy is looking up at his mother saying, You said monsters don't exist. You know, we're all like that boy. And we ask about this monster in many ways. Why do the innocent suffer and the wicked prosper? Why does God allow evil and suffering? If God is great and good, why is there suffering? In the study of theology, this wonder is called the theodicy question. Theodicy means to vindicate God. It's to answer the question, why, is, why a good God permits the manifestation of evil? It's a question philosophers and theologians have wrestled with through the centuries. I want to touch on it today in a way that I pray is helpful. Let me begin by saying, Scripture does not teach that Christians will escape tragedy or turmoil. No. We all experience the effects of suffering and evil in the world. We are not immune. Now, unfortunately, there are some hope hustlers who churn out cotton candy theology that if you really have faith in God, you'll never experience tragedy in life. And certainly, that's what many people want to hear. But then, when pain and tragedy comes, they blame their suffering on a lack of faith. And that is is terrible. In fact, that kind of theology can cause some people to give up on God altogether. And as a result, they are left without spiritual resources to battle the trials of life. Scripture doesn't teach that we will escape tragedy and turmoil. In fact, our scripture lesson for today from Romans 8.35, Paul used words like suffering, tribulation, persecution, peril, sword. Suffering in the Greek means pressure. Persecution in the Greek means to be squeezed. All of us can relate to those things. The Bible is not a book that whistles in the dark and denies pain. In fact, it may come as a surprise to some that the questions about suffering and the problem of evil can be seen throughout the Bible. People in the Scriptures regularly ask God about suffering and evil. For instance, the entire book of Job is a discussion of the reasons why human beings experience suffering even when we don't seem to deserve it. Psalm 10.1 says, Why, O Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of what? Trouble. Book of Lamentations is full of questions about suffering. The prophet Habakkuk complains to God about it. Habakkuk 1, 2 through 3. How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrong? The prophet Jeremiah questions God about it in Jeremiah 12.1. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? 
Why do all the faithless live at ease? We ought to take a lesson from the biblical writers who cry out with questions about suffering and evil. Here's the thing. We can, too, cry out about suffering and evil. Remember this. God can handle our complaints, our questions. If we're going to be intimate and personal with God, it is okay to cry out to Him in openness and honesty, even with our deepest complaints and questions. Don't worry. God can handle it. It may be some consolation that the Bible asks the theodicy question, why does God allow evil and suffering? Why do bad things happen to good people? But is there an answer? Well, the most obvious explanation of suffering and evil is free will. Post free will in the chat. God wants us to love Him because we choose to love Him. So He has given us free will. It is a great gift, but there is a negative side to it. People, we can use our free will to do evil things and cause much pain and suffering as a result. So every day we read the paper, we watch the TV, catch the news feed about all kinds of ways people use their God-given free will to cause tremendous pain and suffering. So much of the pain and suffering in the world is the result of people's misuse of their free will. However, free will is only a partial answer to the question of suffering and evil because it does not address things like natural disasters and diseases, those things that human beings do not cause but that do happen. How do we explain those? Well, our natural world, too, has been impacted by Adam and Eve's fall. Remember, the scriptures indicate God created the world and it was good. But Adam and Eve's disobedience brought sin into our world. And so our world is fallen. Our whole world has been impacted by that original sin. And thus, we experience natural disasters, disease, pandemics, because our world is a fallen world. The truth is, we live in a sinful world that runs amok, and bad things happen to both the innocent and the guilty. Sin permeates biology, humanity, geography, and everyone, good and bad, experiences the consequences of it. This side of heaven, we will never completely know why bad things happen to good people. And yet, as Christians, we have the assurance that one day Christ will answer our questions. One day He will come in glory and our questions will be answered. All the great mysteries will be solved. All of our confusion will be turned into clarity and every tear will be wiped away. So get your list of questions ready for that day. I know I've got mine. And the question probably at the top of my list will be, why did bad things happen to good people? You know what Mother Teresa said? 
She said, when I die, God will have a lot of answering to do. Billy Graham also said, when I die and go to heaven, I'll spend the first hundred years just asking God questions. We might look forward to doing the same thing. Until that great day comes, however, we still have to cope with life in all of its suffering and tragedy. We still have to deal with the bad and unfair circumstances of life. So I want to offer some things that have helped me as I have struggled with the question, why do bad things happen to good people? My prayer is that they will help you too. The first bit of help I offer is simply this, don't become cynical. Don't allow questions about suffering and evil make you cynical. It's fair and healthy to ask this question and to struggle with it, but I have seen too many people hang on to it way too long, like a protest and remain stuck in their faith or, or stop believing in God altogether. I've also seen people use the question as an excuse. Some people feel that as long as they wear a badge of prideful agnosticism, they'll not have to deal with the truth of God in their lives. Don't allow unfair pain and suffering to harden your heart. A good way to protect yourself from cynicism is to reflect on the on the words of Harry Emerson Fosdick. He said, goodness is a far greater problem for the atheist than evil is for the believer. I want to say that again. Goodness is a far greater problem for the atheist than evil is for the believer. Instead of focusing on the evil and suffering in the world, look at all the goodness that abounds. Where does all this goodness come from? It can only come from a loving God who cares for us. Allow the goodness in the world to lead you back to the goodness of God. As you're led back to the goodness of God, here's another thing to consider as you struggle with why bad things happen to good people. We do not face pain and difficulty alone. This is what Paul was expressing when he said, I am convinced that nothing will separate us from the love of God. Whatever you're going through, God is there giving you guidance. God is there giving you strength. God is there saying, I will never leave you or forsake you. I believe the best help I can give as we grapple with the question of why bad things happen to good people is to offer another question. What happens to good people when bad things happen to them? This is a question the Bible does answer. In the 8th chapter of Romans, Paul uses several words to describe the assumed pain and suffering of life, hardship, persecution, distress, nakedness, peril, sword. Paul and the early Christians were very much in touch with unfair suffering. But what did Paul say happens to us when we experience bad things? Not only did he say that we will never be separated from God's love, but in Romans 8:28, Paul says something truly remarkable. He said, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. 
This remarkable verse expresses that evil and pain is never the will of God, but God can take evil and pain and use it for good. Over and over again in life we see this. When evil attacks with pain, God uses it to build character. When evil shows resistance, God uses it to build strength. When evil cripples with tragedy, God finds a way to victory. When evil destroys with death, with death, God restores life. God is in the transformation business. God can turn our trouble into triumph. Write triumph in the chat. The ultimate example of this is Jesus' work on the cross. Before Jesus, the cross represented suffering, shame, punishment, death. But He came and transformed it into a symbol of victory, forgiveness, love, and life. So whenever we gaze upon the cross, we are reminded that God can take what is ugly and make it beautiful. One of the greatest examples of God turning rough times into glory is the story of Joseph in the Bible. Remember, Joseph was the favored son and his brothers were jealous. In a jealous rage, they beat him and they sold him into slavery as a youth. Through an amazing turn of events, as Joseph grew older, his abilities impressed the authorities of Egypt and the Pharaoh made him second in command in Egypt. So one day, Joseph had the power to get revenge on his brothers, but he didn't. Instead, he forgave them. His brothers approached him, scared to death, and Joseph said, Don't be afraid. Am I God? I can't judge you. What you did was meant to hurt me, but God used it for good. I have strength and character, and now I have the power to save and provide for the people of Israel. At that moment, Joseph knew that God had taken something very ugly and made it beautiful. You know, we can't control the fact that bad things will happen to us. They just do. And one day, we'll find out why. But the one thing we can control is how we respond to the bad things that happen to us. We can get bitter or we can get better. We can stay angry at life and at God and never move on, or we can give our pain to God and allow Him to do something beautiful with it. If we choose what God can do through our pain, we can echo what Paul says in Romans 8, 39. Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that a wonderful Wonderful promise. Let's pray. Let's pray together. Oh, Heavenly Father, Almighty God, we thank You that You are the God who reveals Yourself to us. You created the universe and all that is in it. You've also given us the Scriptures to help us to understand who we are and why the world is the way it is and, and what it is that You have as a purpose for us. You call us to trust you and to walk by faith. We still have our questions. There are things that we, we don't understand, like evil and suffering in our world, in our lives.
Lord, we thank you that in Jesus Christ we have one who entered our world and suffered for us. He died for our sin and salvation, then was raised from the dead so that we could have hope and assurance in the midst of even our sorrow and pain. Evil and suffering still exist, but they no longer hold us captive. In Christ, we have been redeemed, transformed, set free, and we look forward to the day when our questions will be answered. In the meantime, Lord, help us to walk solidly in your footsteps as we shine your light of love. In Jesus' name we prayed, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Hey, I hope the message spoke to you today. We don't always know why bad things happen to good people, but we can choose how we respond. If you have questions about the message, let me hear from you. If you'd like to visit more about having a new life in Jesus Christ, I'd love to visit about that too. Maybe you joined us today and you have prayer requests or, or some praise reports. Send those to us. We'd love to hear from you. Use the app. Go to the website. Hey, has God been blessing your life? You know, giving back to God is a tangible way to thank God for His goodness. And you can do that by using text to give. You can go to the app. You can go to the website, mail in your contributions. Hey, thank you for your partnership, your generosity toward this ministry. Be sure to take advantage of all our discipleship opportunities. Find all the information you need on our website, cumctulsa.com. God bless you today. Remember, God can take what is ugly and make it beautiful. Look forward to these upcoming opportunities. For now, how can Christ help you redeem the suffering and the hardship in your life? Hey, Brittany. Hey, Lisa. I read somewhere that people eat more bananas than monkeys. And I thought, I believe that because I eat a lot of bananas, but I can't remember the last time I ate a monkey. We are excited to be able to host our summer upward basketball camp again this year. Kids entering kindergarten through sixth grade are invited to join us June 14th, 16th, and 18th. The camp is intentionally designed to develop the total athlete, mentally, athletically, spiritually, and socially. Registration is now open, but space is limited. You can sign your kids up online through May 21st. Parent to Parent is for families with young children who want to be the best parents they can be. It's like being surrounded by a big hug from supportive friends. Anyone's welcome to join. The next meeting is Sunday, May 2nd at 4.30 p.m. The Early Learning Center at Christ United Methodist Church is a wonderful, engaging program for kids ages three months to three years. Give your child the best Christ-centered start in their life journey. Classes are filling up, so enroll today. You can find all of this information on our website, cumctulsa.com.